This is the Everyday Mind Podcast, the place where we come together to talk about living a life of notice, creating more connected relationships, and ditching the hustle as you establish the life and business you've always wanted. I'm Naftali Roberts, your host and guide, as we journey together exploring the everyday mind. Are you ready? Let's go. Hello, hello, everybody. I am so happy to be joining you for another episode of the Everyday Mind Podcast. For those of you who haven't hung out with us before, I'm Naftali Roberts, and I am the host and guide here at the Everyday Mind Podcast. Today, my friends, we are talking about failure. We're talking about how we perceive it and how it impacts our lives and the stories we tell ourselves about failure. I'm really excited, but first, I wanted to just share a little bit about when I'm recording this episode. I'm recording this episode on Sunday when it comes out on Tuesday. And the reason, my friends, that I'm recording this episode so close to the air date, which is not my norm, is because I, like you, have weeks where movement does not seem to happen in the way that I have planned. And this past week was one of those weeks. I can reflect back on that now and that know that a couple things happened. One, I had a lot of mental breakthroughs in terms of some steps I was taking in my life and my business, which was great, but it took a lot of energy. And so when I would go to sit down to write or record the episode for this week, I would get all sorts of anxious. I would start to feel like I didn't know what I wanted to say I would feel like I didn't have the energy to create. And so I would avoid doing it. I got a lot of other crap done in my life, but I kept putting off recording this podcast episode. So here is something that I learned that I wanted to share with you even before we jumped into the topic of failure. Sometimes when we are growing in one area of our life or in our business or in our thoughts, that can be energy taking for a moment and then give us energy. And so there's something to be said in allowing yourself some flexibility in the steps you are taking. Because honestly, this last week until today, I didn't have the energy that it takes to record a podcast episode. I didn't have the freedom in my words because I had so much I was processing through internally and it was good things. It was thoughts I needed to rework and have intentionally. So I just wanted to share that with you because I think so easily it can appear like those of us who podcast always know what's going on and creating is easy. That's just not true. Some weeks we have to be willing to give ourselves grace intentionally, which is different than avoiding and stalling. I will be doing an episode on that soon, but I just wanted to share with you guys where I've been this last week. So before we head into failure fearlessly, I wanted to tell each of you how awesome you are. 
I have loved so many things during this first month of the Everyday Mind podcast, but by far my favorite part has been getting to hang out with each of you. Today on the listener highlight, I'm going to read a review by Anne DY33. The Everyday Mind podcast has quickly become one of my top go-to podcasts that I look forward to every week. Naftali, the host, and her guests bring a wealth of knowledge about applying mindfulness principles to real life. I'm a parent and a small business owner, and I can't get over how relevant this podcast is for me. Hearing from listeners like you, Andy, 33, truly is a blessing. For those of you who have not left a review yet, I would love to hear from you as well. It helps me to know what you need and it helps me to create content that speaks to the places that you are getting stuck in your mind, in your movement, in your life, and your business. So let's dive into chatting about failure. Failure is defined. I checked it in the dictionary this time because I was curious and I know I carry my own baggage about failure. So I wanted to get real clear. What does failure mean? Failure means a lack of success, an omission of an occurrence or a performance, or a deficiency. When thinking about failure, there is often a narrative assigned to that failure, when in all actuality, failure, as defined previously, is actually a symptom or a sign that you are moving, but that something is missing, something is been left out so that the result that you were aiming for didn't quite happen, but that you're heading in a direction. It is at its most basic meaning, a signal to keep assessing and trying. So what are the meanings we assign to failure? First of all, I think it's really easy to make failure a definition of who we are or our level of ability. This is a really easy narrative for many of us to assign to failure. I know for a long time, I would use failure or things not going the way I planned as a way to define my worth or my value. If I didn't get a job, I would tell myself that I meant I wasn't cut out for the job instead of recognizing that quite possibly it had nothing to do with me. It had everything to do with the organization and their needs and possibly what was going on with someone else that actually was given that job. As a business owner, I have 100% chosen at times to tell myself that not reaching a goal meant that I wasn't able to reach that goal. And that had all sorts of negative consequences. I think another meaning that we or maybe a result of an assigned story we have in relationship to failure is shame. And this so often comes out of our own fears of what failure means about us. Also, we tell ourselves that failures means we can't, that failing once is an all or nothing meaning. So I've tried this once, it didn't go the way that I planned, And therefore, I have all the evidence I need to know that that is not something I can do. 
So when I was getting ready for this episode, I was thinking about times in my own life and my business that I have let failure define me. And there are so many because this is a really easy place for me to get stuck. So it was very hard to choose because I was like, where do we even start? I could tell you at least one story for every year of my life, but that podcast would be way too long. So these are the couple that just stood out to me. So one was kind of a definition of failure that I placed on myself when I was in my late 20s. So I married my husband, Chris, just a couple months before I turned 30, which depending on where you are from, that is either early or late in the marriaging process. But from where I was raised, getting married close to 30, especially if you haven't had a large number of relationships prior to that, felt or I told myself for a long time was a failure. I felt like it defined my worth, my value, my wantedness. And I felt like, and also possibly was told by others, that this was others' opinion of me not being married yet. When I was prepping for this episode, I was remembering this one weekend. And in this weekend, I went home. So I'm from Bakersfield, which is in central California. And for those of you that aren't from California, all of California is not like what you see on TVs and movies. I live in Southern California now, and it's a little bit more like the view of California that the rest of the country has in terms of palm trees and beach-ready bodies and movie stars. But for a lot of the state, that is not the cultural background. So where I grew up is what I like to call the Midwest of California or the South of California, which is why if you ever hear me have a bit of a Southern accent or say words like y'all, it's because where I grew up, that was common even though I'm from California, it's a common thing. So that's setting the stage for kind of the social expectations that were around my life growing up. Many people in the Bakersfield area, especially when I was young, got married. Mm, Late would be getting out of college. A lot of people within those college age years. So flash forward, I'm 28. I am going to a wedding of two younger people that I actually had mentored when they were in junior high and met and I was in college and I'm sitting at this wedding and someone's asking me about my relationships and if I was close to getting married. And remember that at this point in my life, I had a thriving career and mental health. I was living on my own and I had a lot going for me, but I had someone look over to me, someone that I had really respected for a lot of my youth. And that person looked at me after asking me about my life and what I was doing. And when I said I wasn't in a relationship and I wasn't married yet, they looked at me and they said, well, I guess it's not 
too late for you yet, maybe. And guys, oh, I still can feel just the utter sense of failure and shame I felt in my body sitting at that wedding, wondering if it was too late and wondering if I had failed to do the things I needed to do to be married, which was something I really wanted, but honestly wasn't something I had wanted quite yet. I wanted to develop a career. I wanted to pursue getting an education. It was actually funny because that was this crazy weekend where I had that wedding and I had another family event where there was all sorts of like random family, not my immediate family there. And someone at that event looked at me and said, because I just got my master's at this point, said, well, I don't know, you may be too educated now to get a husband. I was like, what is going on? But I tell these stories not to promote any of those ideas because those ideas are crazy. Whether you're married or not, you're of value. Whether you have had lots of relationships or zero relationships, you are awesome. And there's no right time to get married. But I share this because for me in that season, I felt a lot of pressure to hide my feelings of failure around this because I thought if I accepted the feeling that I was having and named it, then I would have to accept that that was a definition of me. And I was so scared to do that. So that's one place that I told myself and let myself believe a lot of the narratives that others said about me in terms of the singleness in that season defining me or making me a failure. And when I look back on that, it really did impact how I moved in life. And I'm sure I know looking back that it made it so I stayed in some relationships that were not aligned with me. And it made it so that I wasn't so confident saying yes or no to certain opportunities. So another place that I was thinking in terms of failure was with business feeling sometimes, this doesn't happen that much anymore, but honestly, like six months ago, I was having a real hard time with this. I was on the major mental struggle bus with this, that I'm not a millionaire yet. I know that sounds crazy, but hear me out. Maybe not a millionaire yet, but that I'm not even a quarter of a millionaire yet. A year ago, I had set in a fairly uninformed part of my business journey, I'd set a certain income goal. And that is not a goal that I have reached yet. Partially because I've recognized that I don't want to work the level of time that it would take to create that income goal. So I've shifted it because I've recognized that certain amounts of time and certain amounts of energy are more aligned with me. And so I've tweaked my income goals around that because I would much rather work a little less and have a lot more time for vacations and hanging out on the weekends with my family and my friends in a way where I don't feel the need to have to 
hustle. This might change at another season of my life, but for right now, that's what I'm good with. But a few months ago, when I had to get real honest with myself and my husband and my team about the fact that I was not going to make the income goal that I had confidently set, and I felt like a big fat failure. And to be honest, for a little bit, I let it define me. I started to call myself a bunch of names in terms of my failure and my inability to reach this goal. Even though I had kind of decided I didn't want it anymore, I thought I should be able to reach it even if I didn't want it. Kind of like that effect where you don't want something, but it happens anyway. So apparently I still wanted it. But when I was calling myself all those names and kind of hiding from the feeling, I stopped taking consistent and committed action in that season of my business. And I started to feel this desire to front like big time y'all. When I talked about my life and my business, I definitely wanted to pretend that I wasn't failing instead of just owning that the goal I had ill-advised made didn't align anymore and letting myself reset an aligned goal and then path to the goal. Here's the thing that I was thinking about not reaching my goal. I was thinking that it defined me. And I was thinking that if I owned the shift, that people wouldn't trust me, that you lovely people wouldn't come to me for one-on-one coaching. And it wasn't until I owned those thoughts and planned how not to have them anymore, and I owned those fears, it wasn't until then that I was able to release this identity of failure and really push into what I knew I wanted and who I wanted to be in my life and my business. Side note, if you didn't catch it, side note, we have to let ourselves feel the failure before we can learn from it. The goal isn't to fail or have things go not the way we plan and then immediately jump into action again. The goal is to let yourself feel whatever you feel. So if that's the sadness and the disappointment, and then look at what was missing, take it as a fearless moment to try again or try differently or fail forward. So what are practically some ways that you can start fearlessly failing? One, and I love this one, commit to a failure goal. Like commit to how many times in the next quarter, in the next year, whatever timeline you want to look at in the next week, how many times you're going to fail. I heard a while ago, and I love this, and I try to practice this within my own life and my kid's life. I heard the story of the woman that started Spanx, and I can't remember her name at this moment, but the story goes like this, where she talks about the fact that her dad, when she was younger, every night at the dinner table would ask them to share one way they failed. And he would ask them to do this, not to make them feel bad, but instead give them 
the knowledge and awareness that if they aren't failing each and every day, then they're not taking action and they're not trying new things. And that is super important. So commit to having a certain number of failures in your day-to-day life because in that you're committed then to taking movement steps, which will allow you to be aligned and to grow that profitable business or creative activity or just to thrive. Two, I want you to know your common failure stories so you can notice when you assign them and kick them to the curb. For most of us, knowing this is going to be kind of a two-part process. First, we can ask ourselves these questions. Asking ourselves when we fail, what am I trying to tell myself that this means and is that true? So ask yourself that. But also have people in your life, whether it is mentors, accountability partners, if you don't have an accountability partner or accountability hasn't gone super well for you, definitely check out the episode we did with Charlena Smith last week. So many people are loving how she approaches accountability and what makes for a really great accountability partner. So check that out. This is a space that hiring a coach such as myself or some of the other amazing coaches are super important because we can know on a high level where we get stuck. Like what are the narratives we tell ourselves about failures? And yet when the failures happen, it's really easy to, as my coach likes to say, it's really easy to like swim in this pool of our own thoughts. And so what a coach does is they don't jump into your thought pool and they sit on the edge and they're there with you, but they kind of reflect back to you some things that may not be obvious to you. So if failure is a place my friends, that you are getting stuck and you might know those narratives, but you keep getting stuck there. I would love to chat with you about this place of stuckness and how either through one-on-one coaching or linking you to a guided accountability program or some way we can get you unstuck in light of failure so that you can keep failing. And then lastly, plan to feel the feelings learn from it, and then release it into the world. I decidedly know in my life and business that planning to allow myself to feel the feelings is one of the most powerful and propelling things that I do each day. Failure, my friends, is a sign of growth. Failure means you are taking steps. If you want to continue this conversation and others we've been having here on the podcast, I would love for you to come hang out with us in the On Purpose Life and Business Facebook community while we're still accepting new members. I'm sure at some point the community will get full because we can only have so many amazing people hanging out one time. Otherwise, it gets a little crazy. So while we're still accepting new members, I'd love for you to come hang out with us there. And then I want you to also sit with yourself today and ask, where can I fail today? So go fail, assess, and keep moving. I can't wait to chat with you. Have a great day. 
if you want to make sure that you continue to hear the new episodes that come out, I want to remind you, definitely make sure to subscribe. I have a few like uber short bonus ideas bubbling up in my head. And so I know that there's going to be one of those that happens. So just giving you a heads up. Have a great day and I will talk to y'all soon. 